podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh my goodness. It's a counter-attack. Here's Didier Drogba. And now Kedair in the middle. Drogba goes. Hello, welcome to Chelsea Hour. My name is Meads. I'll be your host for this one. Um, we've got two very special guests. Anu, villain Anu. <laughs> How you doing, bro? Hello, brother, man. It's good, man. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Shemi, what are you saying, bro? How you doing? I'm good, brother. I'm good, brother. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Not bad. After a busy, busy week. In life and football, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's been a bit of a mad one. And almost like the West Ham game, um, it feels like it's been an age, to be honest. Um, mm. so over the last week, we've had West Ham and Real Madrid. And we said on the last podcast that there was a very little crunch ties almost. It seems like every Chelsea game that we have is almost like a cup final in itself. Um, so I do want to kind of touch on the West Ham game first. I don't know everyone's eager and itching to talk about Real Madrid, but I think that deserves own little bit um, later on. Um, because the West Ham game wasn't really that exciting. Wasn't too much that happened, to be honest. Um, but from what you guys can remember, um, what did you think of the lineup? Because I can actually get you the lineup now. Um, it was a bit of a defensive one. Mm. And it was quite hard for me because when I saw the lineup, which was Mendy and goal, Chris Jensen, Thiago Silva, and Rudiger at the back, in the back three. We had Aspilicueta at wing back, which was strange. Kante, Jorginho midfield, Ben Chilwell at left wing back, Mason Mount, Christian Pulisic, and Timo Werner up front. Now, it, again, that back three, and of course, Aspi, super, super defensive. That was more of a five at the back rather than a three. Um, what do you guys think? Because I remember everyone's reaction when it came to the team, myself included. I was disgusted. <laughs> Shimmy, what were you feeling when you saw that lineup? 
<laughs> yeah, I, I was very disgusted. Very, very disgusted. Um, I just wasn't sure um what Tuchel wanted to wanted to kind of do for this game. Like I was with you, um, you know, in the group chat, how we were discussing that we was expecting Tuchel to go for the game, and it's the type of game that you go for. Um, considering obviously West Ham had some injuries as well. So um I expected Tuchel to be a bit more expansive, a bit more brave. Um so when the lineup came out, I was I was really I was really disgusted. I didn't know what to expect from the game. I I, I think I thought it was gonna be a dead rubber nil-nil, which would have been very, very disappointing. Luckily we managed to get the win. But um initially when I saw the lineup, I, I really didn't know what to expect. Um and it's a, it's a surprise because um I think Tuchel kind of I know he's mixed and matched with um, going expansive some games and going defensive other games, but in this game um, in particular, against teams that um, we've been better than, he's he's tended to be a bit more um, expansive, you know, playing the likes of Cho on the wing so we can have an extra attacker. So um, that was why it was, it was a surprise, because I thought he would do something similar, but he didn't. So, yeah, maybe he was trying it for the Real Madrid game, who knows? But, yeah, initially I was, I was disgusted. Yeah, it was just mental. Like, I, I was so... I was. I've never been like. I've I've been a big fan of Tuchel ever since Dortmund, right? And he obviously throws in some like some changes that just throw you off entirely. And I've never necessarily been one that is um, against his decisions. And I I definitely trust in his decision making. But this one, I was so confused. I just didn't really understand what he was trying to do. Um, and it it actually made me think, oh. Are we showing West Ham too much respect to go this defensive in a game of this magnitude, in a game we had to win, really and truly? Um, Anu, what, what were your thoughts on, on the on the lineup and, I guess, the approach? I can't lie. I'd have to echo what you both have said, really. It, it, it's as defensive as we've ever seen TT set up. Um, we've gone from knowing him to be, from, from playing Cho wingback, which we thought was one of the most... We love well, not everyone loved it, but that's so expensive. Do you know what I mean? How how attacking is that to now bring in Aspilicueta to white wing back? And obviously, all love Aspilicueta, like love what for he's done, um, legend to the club. Well, to be to be to be confirmed, but um, we know he hasn't got the legs of what he used to have, and in a position of white wing back where you know you need to be up and down that pitch and really supporting and really delivering it in for Werner Mount. It just didn't seem like, and a game we had to win, it didn't make sense. Do you know what I mean? There were question marks all over that. Um, the rest of the team, I'll be honest, I don't mind too much. Um, it seemed like we weren't going to concede with that team, but it was like, where are we going to get the goal? So I was a bit nervous. I can't lie with that lineup, but we did well. What, what, what did you think of Team Werner's inclusion? Because... A lot of people have been saying, you know, Havertz should play in that false nine role, mm. Werner should sit his games out. Um, mm. And I guess in the game, you could kind of see as the, the reason as to why Thomas Tuchel went with Timo Werner. But you all could you could also see why a lot of fans have been saying, yeah, Timo Werner shouldn't really be starting for us. What, what were your thoughts? My thoughts on Timo Werner is that He's, he's trying as hard as Tuchel, trying as hard as possible to, to let this guy find his form. He has not been shy to say in the interviews how, how he believes he has the ability and the goals will come. So if he's backing by what he's saying, the only way he's going to get these goals is by playing him. So it's not a surprise to me he's, 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 he's leading the line. Obviously, we have seen Havertz in a false nine doing extremely well. 
But I think when we when you know you have such a big game coming up in Real Madrid, um, where you pretty where you you expect him to play Werner to get him behind a team like that who's going to sit off. You want to make him find his confidence as early as possible. And and listen, we just wanted him to find a goal. And I just think, I really think that's all he's asking for. And listen, it happened this game. So I think the selection was justified. Um, we won't talk about his misses, but he got a goal. So if that's going to make him be more confident for the one of the biggest games you have of the season, I'm all for it. I, I mean, I think we should talk about the misses, to be honest, because I think that's just a, a big feature of Timo Werner's game. And obviously, Sheik will probably come in on this as well. But I, I think it's important to actually have this discussion because, yeah, Timo Werner isn't a clinical uh, player. We know that much. But are these misses one that we should be concerned with long term? Or are these just a, a, a crisis of confidence, Shemi? Um, absolutely. I think we should absolutely be concerned with them. Um, simply because the reason why I say that is because, um, look, missing chances is not necessarily a bad thing. All the top players, all the top like shooters miss chances. So the likes of Salah, um, oh yeah, all the, all the top shooters, they miss chances, right? But your, your conversion, their conversion rate makes up for it. Do you understand what I'm saying? So with Werner, he's missing a lot, but he's not, um, scoring a lot at the same time. I feel like the likes of Salah, even though they kind of do miss a lot, they still score a lot to make up for it. So when when the when the spectrum when the um, spectrum is heavily weighted on the misses as opposed to how much you're converting, then I think it is something to be concerned about. Um, I genuinely do believe that um, it is more of a confidence thing than an ability thing. So if you look at if you look at it from that standpoint. Um, you can have a bit of hope, um, to, if you want to call it that, in, in the sense that once he finds his confidence, whether it be this season or next season, that he will start firing. But I think it's definitely concerning because he ain't scoring enough to make up for the misses. So eventually, he's going to cost us. You, you understand what I'm saying? Um, but also, just to add on, to answer your question as well about the inclusion, yeah, I was I was okay with the inclusion simply because um, West Ham have two very physical defenders in Issa Diop and um, Ogbonna. So um, I didn't mind um, a speedy striker kind of going up against them. I felt like Havertz or Giroud might have played into their hands potentially. So, yeah. I guess that's fair enough. I feel like when I saw Werner, I wasn't too sad. Um, because, I'd, again, I understand the thinking in terms of like trying to catch them in transition because I think West Ham's... But my, my issue was when you have a team... Well, West Ham don't play that much of a high line. Um, yeah. In fact... They, mm. they actually play quite um, a, a mid-block. They're not super deep, um, although they do transition very, very well. But my concerns were where you've got a player like Timo Werner who doesn't really look after the ball like that. Um, when you try and play through him, things may just break down. And when that happens, it could just get very, very messy. Um, so I, I was concerned. I won't lie to you. But then at the same time, I understood that there was going, there was some sort of thing, there was some thinking behind um, Tuchel's decision, but it just, I didn't like the, the 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 composition of the team at all, really. I was nervous, very very nervous, and I thought if we lose to West Ham or like miss the opportunity to to win, because I think Liverpool dropped points the day before or the um, a couple hours before, so it was really the opportunity to capitalize and solidify our position in um, fourth place and yeah. in the top four. 
Yeah. Because I know absolutely. obviously we dropped points, massive points against West Brom the week before. So it was it was just a massive opportunity, man. It was a massive opportunity. So I, I was nervous. And the way the game panned out, funny enough, quite comfortable. Um as much as 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 much as I question two course decisions um during or prior to the game. Yeah, we were pretty comfortable throughout, to be honest. And there was no real threat from West Ham. You know, they, their, their counter threats were locked off. Um, I know Aspilicueta was suffering quite a bit out on at wing back. But beyond that, I don't think they really caused us any issues. Um, Lingard was locked out of the game. Mm. Um, I mean, really swallowed them. Kante was excellent. Jorginho, again, fantastic under Tuchel. So yeah, it was just a, it was a it was a good it was a good game it was a good game from Chelsea. It wasn't the most exciting game as we've come to expect under Tuchel. I think he likes to suffer uh, like well suffocate mm. people's enjoyments when it comes mm. to uh, wanting to see a compelling game. <laughs> Not necessarily for us because I just like to win. You know what I mean? Mm. And I feel like we see the tactical side and enjoy, I enjoy the tactical side of what Tuchel does. Same. Um, but I definitely feel like he put the handbrakes on to try and solidify and secure the secure some results um but yeah i think the west ham game wasn't too exciting obviously other than the team of Werner misses um and goal it wasn't really too much to shout about really on that point means the team of Werner misses i wanted to chime in in uh what shem said as well in terms of that because he's having a lot of it's it's the quantity that he's not actually even converting it. But my concern is that I want to raise with you guys, it's the type of misses he's missing. Mm. Uh, it's all good having the quantity. And um, even if he, let's say he misses loads and let's score loads and then look, we're happy, like all strikers do. But we are seeing misses that are sitters. And that would be my concern. I'm backing the guy. I'm not going to lie. I'm even saying it on the WhatsApp group, like, like, let's give this guy another season. I'm not even in that camp of, Let, let's get rid, get rid. But my point is, is it not extremely concerning that we're seeing him in that game? He missed a Mount had a shot outside the box. It uh, the keeper saved, bounced up to him, and it's just him and the keeper now. And all you got to do is just blast this in the roof of the net. He tries to side put it with his left foot, of course, it completely misses off target. It's basically an open goal. Keeper's already on the floor, and it's like you are a strong bro. If you miss that in a in a Sunday league game, you're furious at your team, but at the at the at the, at the grassroots level here, it's like it's not acceptable to be missing those type of chances. Ah, forget the price, bro. It's just like, and that's happening consistently. And it's like, why? It's, it's, it's funny though, because in the West Ham game, yeah, specific, if we're talking about that game in isolation, outside of the miss, he actually did a lot of very good things. Like he's hot for once. I, I saw him hold the ball and I was like, wow. Even for the even for his goal, the way he held off the defender, I was like, wow, like you can actually, you can do that. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> so like, yeah, his link play was really good too. Um, and he was he was getting in the positions as he always does. So it's funny because that game, it was really like, it was really both sides of, of Timo Werner. So it's like, it leaves fans wondering like, oh, do we give him, do we be optimistic? Do we kind of give up on him? So it's, it's tough, man. It's tough. It's like a mental mental battle. But yeah. It's so true with the positioning because he's always there to get in the position. Yeah, exactly. He's always he's there. The he's always in the right position. All the commentators and big pundits are like, he must be mm. good because... You're not you're not not talented and getting in those positions. Mm -hmm. But the one attribute that's not there is the finishing. When you think about our when you think when you think about our worst strikers like Torres and Morata, they were never there. Like they were always hiding, always, always hiding. The thing with Timo Werner, he's always there. So 
I don't know, man. It's it's, it's tough. Yeah, it's no, tough. Not so good, yeah. 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 It's a weird one because again, like like you said, Shemi, for the, for his first goal, I think he held off Ogbonna on the half turn in the middle of the pitch. Did well, played it out wide, um, played to Pusic, Pusic and found Chilwell, and then Chilwell slides it into him for a, a good tap in. And to be honest, it was a good finish, controlled, near snatch at it. And it, I, it I, yeah. you see, you see the, the, the good and the bad of Timo Werner in that game. Again, you, you think that he'd be flying because obviously he started the game really, really well, to be honest. He started the game really well, um, scored the goal, and then, you know, again, First half was pretty good throughout the first half, and then the second half, you just see the misses again. You're thinking, Oh, come on, come on, it's like back to square one again. But fortunately, with Timo Werner, it's not gonna kill him because it could he consistently gets in the in the box and gets his chances. It's not a thing where it's like it completely kills his confidence. I don't know how, but Timo Werner's confidence to kind of find the runs is always there. Um, but in terms of the finishing, as we'll probably come on to, well, we'll co- come to discuss in the Real Madrid game, um, it can be costly. And um, obviously, one of the biggest games of our season, probably one of the biggest games in Chelsea's history, considering we've never played, well, we've not played Real Madrid in the Champions League ever. Um, our first meeting in the Champions League um, at their, well, we won't say the, uh, their, their stadium because obviously it was a, pretty much their training ground but um, and unfortunately we didn't get to go to the Bernabeu this season because of COVID but it was a good game um, the lineup pretty similar in fact I think it was the exact same lineup as it was against West Ham I think it was an unchanged yeah it was an unchanged 11 if I remember yeah it was correctly. yeah it was unchanged 11 for the first time I think under Tuchel um, and yeah as we at right wing back again um yeah, we went defensive, but ultimately, I feel like we dominated that game. Um, and you'd probably ask anyone that watched the game, you'd probably think that Chelsea were quite unlucky not to win it. Um, Shems, how did you find the game? In fact, how was you? How were you feeling when we actually were coming up to the game? What was your feeling in build-up? And um, just what, what were you thinking what was going to mm. happen? Because for me, I was nervous as hell. Mm-hmm. No, for, for I was I was quietly confident simply because the way we had the way we set up on the Tuchel, right? The way Tuchel set us up from a defensive aspect, yeah, was so solid. Like it's not a coincidence that we've kept so many clean sheets, and the fact that we have such a f- solid base, it gives us a platform to beat anyone. Honestly and truthfully, I think we can beat anyone, um, simply because of how solid our foundation is from the back. So um, that um, coupled with, um, you know, Madrid, um, you know, I only really felt their real threats were going to come from Benzema and um, Vinicius. I felt we could stifle that very, very comfortably, in my opinion. Obviously, Benzema um, got a nice goal and um, played pretty well. But generally, I felt like we, we dealt with them um, comfortably, which is how I felt before the game. Um, so, yeah, um, I, was, I was quietly confident. And, and as the game started, um, yeah, we really exerted ourselves. And this is the thing with um, Tuchel. Um, this is why I don't really comment on lineups too too much yeah, um, before the game on Twitter and stuff because it can look a certain way. But Tuchel, um, he's good at coaching us to arrive in certain positions. So the like, so, so the attacking players like Pulisic, Mount, Werner. So the way it plans out um, is what you saw in like the first 20 minutes where we were literally on the front foot um, we were getting to really good positions, and I was and I was delighted with what I saw, especially in that first 20, 25 minutes. We really exerted ourselves. 
Um, I felt, um, I thought Kante was was excellent again. Kante and uh, turns up in every single big European game. Um, I felt Mount had a had a bright first twenty minutes. I'd say um, Pulisic made a really really nice run for the goal, and that's what that's what I like to see. I like to see us getting in behind, um, and all the, all the good stuff is what we saw in that first um, twenty five minutes. So I was I was really really happy, and if not for the miss, obviously. Um, we would have been in a very, very commanding position. Um, but yeah, on the whole, first half was excellent, in my opinion. Um, second half, a bit more measured, a bit more controlled, the Tuchel way, if you want to um, say that. But first half was 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 excellent. A lot of good stuff from that. Yeah, I, I feel like we looked very, very sharp. Um, everything looked very controlled. Um, we got the better of, you know, the aging Modric, still a fantastic player, um, and Tony Cruz and Casemiro. I think the midfield two of Kante and Jorginho really dominated. And you obviously got players like Christiansen, Thiago Silva, who were able to step into midfield and kind of dictate as well, which was very, very good. So the balance was all there. Um, I did feel like Again, Aspi could have been got at, but we looked very, very solid. And Aspi kind of did his job defensively really, really well. Um, once again, Pulisic was making those incisive runs in behind, um, which the pass, if we got the pass just a bit better, the final ball just a bit better, I think we could have done a lot more damage. Um, mm. But I kind of expect that. When you've got like, so there's certain, again, the composition of the team is as such that there are players on the pitch that I don't expect to find those passes and execute them well at a high agreed. enough level. I yeah, think there's certain players like Thiago Silva, Christiansen to a degree, maybe Jorginho sometimes, they're able to execute. But everyone else, those passes are just not really quite there and they don't mm. really get it on the money all the time. I think Mason sometimes, he can get them. But I feel it's something he's improving on rather than being good at as, as it stands. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions. And now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma Money Spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making purchases. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your Instant Karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Open your FDIC insured spend account for free. There's no minimum balance requirements, no overdraft fees and free withdrawals from a network of over 50,000 ATMs. And when you make a purchase between June 8th and June 30th, you'll automatically be entered to win $1 million. Right now, visit creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Go to creditkarma.com backslash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning. That's creditkarma.com slash winmoney. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated. Member FDIC. Maximum balance and transfer limits apply. So, yeah, I agree. That first half was really, really good. Um, obviously, the team of Werner Chance is just, oh, man. Yeah. Andy, please yeah. break, that, break that down for me, please, bro. Yeah, well, you came to me at the perfect time. So, I, I listen, talking of the game, I thought it was a missed opportunity. A really missed, but really... Um, Big missed opportunity. I rewatched the game and um, I calculated in the first 25 minutes, we had seven goal scoring opportunities. And th those include three Timo Werner chances. Now, that includes the first one that Pulley headed down 
to him, which is in conjunction with what I'm saying before, is that those kind of chances just should not be missed. A striker in the six-yard box, to his feet, no one around him, put it anywhere either side of of Courtois, and it's a goal. And obviously, uh, listen, fantastic save, but you have to score. And that kind of changes the tone. He had another well, no, he had another chance. Um, it was actually we can kind of blame. Put it was a it was a cross. Yeah, I think it was just a bit too high. Bit bit difficult. Yeah, a bit yeah. difficult one. Yeah, and then Werner had a third chance. Yeah, actually, Chelsea missed two opportunities to play him in. One was um, through Pulisic, who was on the right hand side. Pulisic just missed the pass, and another one, Kante did the exact same thing, but played the pass incorrectly to his feet. And he snatched at it, and he was never going to score from that angle. But mm. then he's got opportunities, right? And he's had three in a big game, Champions League semi final. Listen, games like that, sometimes you only have one. Do you know what I mean? But you have to take those opportunities. And as a team, we had seven. So looking back, I really thought, like, we, we didn't expect, I don't think any Chelsea fan expected to dominate as much as we did. Well, I didn't anyway. I can only speak for myself. But we dominated, bro. The first 25 minutes was serious. And the only player they had who was playing ball was Benzema. They had no one. He was like that playmaker, everything. Everything was sticking to him. And he was given warning signs from the offset that, listen, be careful of this guy. And obviously, we let, we let it slip. Um, I'll, we'll talk about that goal later. I could break it down for you later. But yeah. Well, no, again, missed big chances. I think the team missed big chances and we could have really have closed that game off. Um, if just, to. Just, just quickly to come in here, um, I feel like, yeah, um, other than the um, um, the first half being excellent, I think, yeah, just that one negative is that, um, just touching what Mead said, is that we are listening, we, we, we missed that little bit of that quality, like close to goal. So aside from missing chances, it's just like, so for example, there was times where Werner would mistime his run or the ball or um, Pulisic will hold on to the ball too long. Therefore, Werner's kind of waiting, waiting. And then by the time the ball plays, he's behind, he's behind the pace. So he has to kind of sprint a little bit to catch up. And it's just like, I think it's just little bits of decision-making that we're really missing in the final third to yeah. kill off these, to kill off these teams. Um, I think, yeah, we talk about finishing a lot, which is, which is fair with, with the likes of Werner. But um, there are other players such as Pulisic, uh, Mount, Kante, who their decision-making sometimes, it just needs to be a little bit better. They miss too many opportunities to play guys in. And um, it needs to, it needs to, if we, if we, if we pattern that and, and fix that, we yeah. can actually start killing teams a lot earlier and, and, and not having to defend for long periods of time, if that, if that makes sense. But, um, but yeah. That's been the story of our season. Like how many yeah. we said, I even think Mount's got better, but how many times back in the day we say, Mount's, Mount's messed up that fight. Mm. Mount's done that. Like, or someone's done that. Someone in has done that. And it's just like, we get there. We, that's the easiest part for us, getting in that final third. We break it down easy. And then we get there and we just absolutely waste all the good work to be done. Because I'll be honest, in that game, in that Real Madrid game, they sat off and were there for the taking. Mm-hmm. Because I was noticing what they were doing here. They said they were playing five at the back, but they weren't. Because what was happening was Marcelo was basically playing like a 10. So... Mm. Nacho was then going, then left wing back, yeah, and then Cruz was filling in in centre back. So Marcelo just absolutely avoided all role and responsibilities at left wing back role. And if you look at that game again, Marcelo is literally playing ten whenever they have the ball. So if um, Tuchel like clocked that earlier, bro, and just put 
a Cho on that right wing back or anyone to exploit that space, bro, the game was there for the taking. It really was. And I don't think Real Madrid will make that same mistake in the second leg. Agreed. Um, I just pray it doesn't come back to to mind yeah. because... That's, that's my thing. That's what I'm thinking. There was an open game there. That's what I'm thinking. Um, it just seems like for as well as we played... Real Madrid, I don't think they could really play that badly again. Maybe. Maybe the reason why they played badly is because of how well we played, or maybe it's because of how, um, I guess, our system, our structure, our ingenuity is what causes them to look bad. I don't necessarily think... I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe... Because I don't think that... Like, think about it. Name Real Madrid's danger players. Benzema... Um, Vinicius. Um, are you wait? Hold on, hold on. Are you saying in that game, or are you just saying in general? No, no. In so I'm asking this because I look at I look at Real Madrid and the way that they play. They won't score that many goals because they don't have that many players that create enough opportunities for Benzema to put the ball away. They don't have enough goal scoring threats or creators. So I'm asking you. Who are their main players that will either feed Benzema or assist Benzema in terms of scoring goals? If if we're talking about creativity, then pff, it's going to come from deep, and that'll be Tony Cruz. But yeah. it won't it won't come half the pitch. Or Modric maybe with like a long ball in behind. But I think we're so good defensively that I'd say more Cruz than Modric to be honest. But yeah, if we're talking creativity, yeah. then I take Cruz. Yeah, yeah, it it, it doesn't look great. Um, <laughs> but that being said, I don't want to get too ahead of myself because you know. This is the Champions League. Real Madrid have got football in heritage. That, that, listen, you can't get too excited. Yes, it's a good result. You've got an away goal, an all-important away goal, and you kind of trust Chelsea to shut out teams at home. But it's just, I think, I wouldn't say that we might live to regret, you know, not killing them off. Um, but I just feel that like we've put ourselves in a kind of precarious situation now where, we can't just sit back and invite them onto us. You know what I mean? Um, we need to. We need to get at least a goal, in my opinion, to go through. Um, Agreed. Yeah. I want to criticize. I want to criticize Chelsea though a bit though, bro. I want to criticize Chelsea a bit in that game for the goal we conceded. It was bad, you know. What I mean by this, yeah, is that they had nothing all game, in my opinion. All game, we had nothing. Even a 1-0 was fine. A short... This corner was from set-pieces. And I think we've been quite good at set-pieces this, this season. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Defend it. Defend them, right? Okay, short corner now. It goes to... Uh, I don't know who they play. Short corner, they go to... Uh, Cruz goes to... Uh, Modric, I think it was. Oh, and then yeah. Modric to Marcelo. No, sorry. Someone passed it to Cruz, short corner. Cruz then has the time because no Chelsea player wants to mark him. Cruzan has the fight to pass Modric again outside the box. No one there wants to mark him. Then Modric then delivers this ball. We have Aspie on their centre battle. In my opinion, I think it's a mismatch. I think that should have been organised earlier. We have three. We had Thiago Silva, Christian, Rudiger Rudi on the pitch. And we have fucking um, Aspie on bloody Varane. Varane eats yeah. him up, bro. Literally. Headers it then. Then we lose the second header. Militao. The, the, the second header was a, a, a coming together 
between two of our players, basically. Yeah, we lost, um, we lost it, though. Who's marking it? It was Pulisic, Pulisic and... And, and, um, and Rudiger was both, the other. Yeah. yeah and they both yeah. lost that header. So, bear in mind, there's been two passes now. We've lost the, then lost the header. We've then lost the second header. And then, obviously, the third bit is world-class. I fucking respect that. But there were so many times in that play that goal could have been stopped or at least pressurised. I, I just thought, like, it hasn't been spoken about enough, but I just thought it was such a... It hasn't been spoken enough enough because I think the, of the, the world-class ability of what Benzema did there was unbelievable. But there were four stages before that that which I just felt were so avoidable. And I just think... Yeah, I just think you just need to be careful in the second leg. Can't do stupid things like that because I felt like they're, they're, they're the most threatening at set pieces. And we normally be good with that. So you just need to make sure we switched on. Yeah, I feel like I feel like from set pieces, that is where I felt like they were quite dangerous, to be honest. I think they had a couple of routines that almost caught us out. I remember there was a Varane header that just got nicked away by Chilwell, which was very dangerous. Um, I just feel like yeah, we just seemed a bit rattled, man. We seemed rattled from set pieces. I don't know why. It's, it's unusual for us. Um, thankfully, we've got Mendy in goal who does know how to take pressure off and claim balls. But it's just... I don't know. I, I don't think the tie's done. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, I don't think the tie's done at all, to be honest. And I'm, I'm quite nervous. That being said, I expect us to go through. I expect us to go through. Would um would, would any of you guys start um Tammy to take a look? Ooh. Well, are you asking that question a rhetorical question, knowing that it's not gonna happen anyway? No, no, no. I'm generally asking just because of you know uh, how uh, the Chelsea fan base, you know, how we feel how a lot of them feel Tammy should be getting more of a look in, which is fair. Um, but yeah, just obviously going off work, the Werner conversation as well, would you guys consider playing Tammy or maybe Havertz? Because obviously I, look- for me, yeah, I understand that. I understand Tammy's done pretty well. And given the minutes that he's had, I think he's done really well um, in comparison to Timo Werner. Um, I also feel like Giroud's kind of, ever since Tuchel's come in, has kind of, ever since the Lenny game, kind of gone off the radar. So everyone's calling for, you know, Tammy to start, Tammy to start. But Giroud does not have to come up with a good, especially mm. an important game. Um, so I'd probably start Giroud to be honest um, to give us like a focal point but if we start Giroud then we're going to have to start other players so um, I think we'd have to start Hudson-Odoi or Reese james for the crossing um, their capacity to cross because Giroud obviously tacks in their post and heads the ball really really well um, yeah I don't I don't think um, I don't think they'll play five at the back um, though that being said, I don't think Real Madrid will play five at the back. And if they don't, then I think we might I think we might try and match them in midfield. So that kind of changed the whole structure of our team, the entire mm. structure. So I don't know. I, there's a case for Tammy. I think there's definitely yeah. a case for Tammy. But whilst he's been out of the cold for so long, I don't expect him to come back in and be razor sharp. Right. And obviously, when he's not razor sharp, right. then it's going to... Add more fuel to the the the, the Tuchel fire of ah oh, he's not good enough he shouldn't play you know what I mean I think you need to be with these ones you need to be gradually easing them in rather than mm. just dumping them into a start especially mm. in a game of this you know what mm. I mean so I feel like with the game against Fulham this weekend I think maybe there might be an opportunity to play him maybe even like Hudson Odoi just to give these players 
an opportunity as well as you know give people like Mason Mount um, a rest. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think we I, might I, see- I, yeah, so bro, um, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think playing him at the weekend would make more sense. Um, simply because even to get to smaller teams, I want to see. Um, I think I want to see. I'm ready to see Tammy um, coming. I think he could do the job against Fulham. Um, but to chuck him in against Real Madrid, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. But um, to touching on what you said about him being sh- sharp, um, that's what I want to speak. That's what I wanted to touch on as well. Um, with a lot of the Tammy stands and the fam- Tammy fanboys. Um, and by the way, just as a disclaimer, I like Tammy. I think he will have a good Premier League career over <laughs> here or elsewhere. But what I will, what I want to say is, a lot of the Tammy. Um, boys that um, backing him willing to play they kind of in my opinion they're overlooking um his moments last season under Lampard whereby he wasn't sharp and these were these were times where he was getting runs um, runs of games consecutively and he wasn't extremely sharp he was missing similar chances to Werner um let's not forget he missed a ton of one-on-ones and there's a lot of times where the ball fell to him in the box and he just his feet just wasn't quite in the right position and he's kind of fall over or whatever there's a lot of times that happened with Tammy Abraham so I think it's kind of unfair to kind of just pretend and just kind of rewrite history and pretend that Tammy's this super clinical striker um albeit who does score goals but but he's he's not like this super clinical guy that's gonna you know bag every single chance because we've seen it on the Lampard but yeah Jeremy what I would say about that Yes, Tammy does miss these one chances, two chances, but I think he's a lot more clinical than Werner. And I think given the opportunities that Werner gets a game, I think Tammy tucks one. I think, I think yeah. Tammy tucks one. Tammy only, the only issue is, does Tammy get into those areas? as Exactly, often yeah. Yeah, I think. If you look at last season, Tammy would miss the one chance and that's the game done. You get it? Because that's it. That's the only opportunity he's getting, the one or two chances. And that's it. And I think he missed, I think he was one of the top four chances, big chances missed last season, despite not playing that many games because he had, he got, well, despite not playing quite a few games after after lockdown because of his injury. Um, so, I don't know. I, 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 there's an argument for and against, but I definitely think that Timo Timo Werner is very, very sloppy in front of. I him. think, I think, I think Tammy's strength is his instinctive chances. Right, a lot of his goals in instinct. That's where he, that's where he strives, in my opinion. When he's got time to think about it, so like the one on ones, I think he struggles a little bit more. Um, but generally, yeah, that's what that's what I wanted. That's kind of what I wanted to highlight. I just want to highlight the fact that Tammy is not. Um, in, in terms of the, the team of Werner and Tammy argument, I think they both missed chances, to be honest. I don't think necessarily taking Werner out for Tammy means um, we're going to have um, a much better chance conversion rate. It might happen, but it may not, is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, I think I think Tammy definitely does deserve a run-in in the team. Um, and um, he's got, obviously, he's got massive potential. Um, he can obviously develop. He's a lot, he's two years younger than Werner, so obviously it's understandable. But um, I just, I, I would just be careful with the way some of the, the fans are, are pretending as if, like, you know, um, Tammy hasn't missed chances like Werner because he has. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, okay, so the chance that Tammy, no, the chance that Timo missed, uh, you know, the one that team, um, Pulisic heads it down to him, I think Tammy tucks. I think so I think too. Tammy, I think Tammy tucks that. Um, whereas I think even the, even the West Ham miss well, after the Mason Mount shot, 
Tammy tucks that. I think there are certain things where I feel like if he's racing through one-on-one, you know, and he has to make a decision as to where he needs to finish it, that's where I feel like Tammy lets himself down. Mm. But in terms of instinctive finishes, things that just drop into him and he doesn't have to, you know, sort his... Because generally, Tammy is able to execute those quick instinctive finishes really, really well. Mm. Really, really well. And I think those are the situations that, or those are the, the I guess, the, the opportunities that are afforded to Timo Werner. And he's, mm. not take, he's not taking them. So I, I definitely but understand then, the part of Tammy. Definitely, then, I understand. But then also the 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 um the timing and the positioning is key because if you remember the Tottenham game, yeah, the Tottenham game, I remember Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank absolutely caned him at full time. He caned him yeah. and he said to him that he needs to get better at, at his timing in, at, at arriving in the box and his positioning because there was two big chances that I fell to him in the Tottenham game, two crosses, and his timing was so off they completely missed the ball, completely missed the ball, and it's like, bro, like you, that is where you need to be better. So there's there's really really pros and cons for both. It's 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 a tough one for me. Um, I don't think it's as cut and dry as some Chelsea fans make it out to be. It's, it's definitely not. It's definitely not, and that's why Chelsea are looking at buying a new striker because it's definitely not cut and dry. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, well, I guess well, we can only hope. You know, the next games next week, we can only hope that we come through a clean bit of health this weekend. I think Kovacic is back in training now after missing the game. So we've got the game against Fulham. How would you guys line up? Because obviously the big test is literally against Real Madrid next week. So you don't want to be running these players through the ground. How do you line up against Fulham? I don't think we really talked about Fulham too much, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would go Mendy and goal. Um, <clears throat> I would go, I'd probably go Zuma, Christensen and Rudiger. Um, just to give um, Thiago a rest, um, I would go with James at right right wing back, um, and I will go with Alonso left wing back to give Chilwell a little rest. Um, in midfield, if Kovacic is fit, I will go with Kovacic and Jorginho um, to give Kante a little rest. Um, I will go in behind um, in the two pocket positions. I'll go with Hudson Odoi and Hakim Ziyech, and then I'd go with Tammy up front. Okay, now that makes sense. I quite like that team. Anu, how would your team be for the weekend? You know what's quite interesting is that I, was, I always thought we had a mad fixed like that squad, but it's feeling a bit thin now when you've got games every two days, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't change much. I'd probably, I don't know, man. I, I, I would like to see probably Drood. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't change too much. It, it, we're kind of, the, the, the selection kind of picked for itself. You know the players who can't really, we don't really think could do two solid 90 minutes like that. Thiago Silva, so take them out instantly. I think you've got to take Thiago Silva out. You've got to save him and Cotton Wall. Same with uh, Kante. And um, probably got to do the same with, I think you've got to give Mount a rest as well. Focus on those three. Even Jorginho, I would love him to have a little rest. But the problem is the Fulham games are must win as well. So this is the position we found ourselves in with, with, with so many draws. So I'll, I'll, yeah, I pretty much go the same. I'd maybe even go as far as saying, um, think about giving maybe Gilmore a bit of time. Jorginho's played a lot of games. Do you know what I mean? A lot of games. And I think we should be enough. There should be enough in our locker with if Kovacic is fit and, and Gilmore. 
and then obviously keep the rest of your lineup, Semi, to do the job and maybe Giroud instead of Tammy. But if it's Tammy, I don't mind that either. But I really think use the squad here because um, Wednesday's Wednesday's huge. Do you know what I mean? It's our season now, as well as as well as the weekend. So yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I feel like we need to be maxing out the utilization of our squad at the minute. I know Tuchel likes to keep a, a, a solid defensive base, but I just feel like both games are really important. We could be, we, you know, we were able to solidify top four again keep our enemies off bay, out of bay because we don't want Liverpool getting top four. So, you know, we need the up-block, up-block hot. And obviously, it's, just, it's so hard to manage this because we're in a crunch time of the season. So managing our position and trying to fight on all fronts to get, you know, the Champions League or get to a Champions League final, he's going to have to prioritise the Champions League final or get the Champions League semi-final. He needs to prioritise that. So I feel like him... Shuffling around a pack, you know, I, I, I'd probably start Kepa, you know. I, I think I might start Kepa for the Fulham game. Um, I'd play reshaped at right wing back. I'd play um, Aspi, yeah, Christensen and Zuma. And then I'd play Alonso for sure, at left wing back. I'd play Kovacic on Jorginho or Kovacic and Gilmore. Um, just to get, again, rest for Jorginho because he's been putting in a shift. I think he ran the most against Real Madrid more than anyone else, including Kante. Um, so he's been putting in a hard shift. Kante as well, give him a rest. Absolutely need him for that that second leg. Um, I'd play Hudson Odoi in the pocket with, yep, Hakim Ziyech. And I'd probably go with Kai Havertz up front. So, yeah, that's how I do the team, man. Oh, it's a massive game. So, what were you okay? What are your predictions for the Fulham game, and what are your predictions for Real Madrid? Um, just a quick one. Funny the point that Andy made about the squad, yeah. Because when I was watching the Real Madrid game and I saw Reese James, Hakim Ziyech, and have Kai Havertz coming at the same time, I thought to myself, "Wow, we're eating with this squad. Like, this is really, this is this is this is good." I pray for times what like squad? this. What a squad! <laughs> anyway, um, Fulham game. I'd say I, I'd back us to win that two 0 um, Real Madrid game, I'd probably back us to win that 2 1. Damn. Jamie's confident, boy. Andy, what are, your think, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Fulham game. Listen, we ain't conceding. So, Fulham game, I like that 2 0 prediction. I'm going to go with the same. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm going to add a bit more. Let's go 3 0. I'm really confident there. And um, Real Madrid. I think we could. I think we could do a one nil. Do you know what I mean? I really think we could just win one nil. Just they, they, they really didn't seem a threat at the back. At no, but Ramadan are going to be really good in the second. They're going to be much better in the second. Yeah. It's going to be a tough game. I think they they won't be as bad as what they were in in that first half of the first leg. They know what's at stake. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And they might not. And they might not play five at the back again. So because I think they probably expect Ramos to be back or something. I don't know. But yeah, and it'll be different. So, I think Ramos is going to be back. Mm. Um, they don't have a fit right back. Carvajal's out Mendy, for the I think now. as well. Um, Mendy, so back. Mendy's coming back, but yeah, I don't know if they're going to play five at the back. I'll be very, very surprised if they do. Um, but again, I think Tuchel might want to play free in midfield for this game. But I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm honestly not sure how we're going to run it. So it's a, it's a it's a big game, man. Honestly, nervous. 
One thing is that I'm, I love having the feelings that I'm confident in my manager. Do you know what I mean? And I guess yeah. that's quite a nice yeah, yeah. It's, it's the manager. It's Whatever the manager. he puts out there, he's tactically analysed it deep and he's he sees what's going to happen. Do you know what I mean? Not many times a season has he been wrong. So um, it's quite a nice feeling to have. I believe. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I guess so. But still, it's Real Madrid. It's Zidane. No, yeah, yeah, must have, yeah. No long thing, bro. No long thing. <laughs> I need the final. Don't fucking piss me off. I need that final. Man. I'm nervous. I'm nervous, but I'm going to stick my neck out and say Fulham 3 1 and Real Madrid 2 1 Chelsea. That's it. But yeah, thank you, boys, for joining me. I really appreciate it. Hopefully, on the next pod, <laughs> we'll be singing and celebrating about being in the Champions League final and solidify, solidify, uh, solidifying top four with a win against Fulham. Oh man, come on, Chelsea! Fucking come massive Chelsea. game! Absolutely <laughs> massive game! I'm rattled. I'm rattled. 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 Man. Yeah. Yeah. Come, come next week. We might be in the Champions League final and an FA Cup final. Man, crazy man, absolutely. crazy. What a job two calls done. But yeah, thank you boys for joining me. And yeah, I'll leave you guys to it. Take care. As always, peace, man. peace, man. Peace. Nice, nice. He's done it. The greatest night in the history of Chelsea Football Club. When I shot my shot, but I didn't have got so I hit the post. But next time it's a golden goal. And it- Sports Social Podcast Network.